If chocolate is your weakness, the real chocolate decadence of Flava Naturals Performance Chocolate can be your strength. I've been searching high and low for cocoa products that deliver meaningful amounts of healthful flavanols with great flavor and minimal sugar. So I'm thrilled to have found Flava Naturals. Extensive research demonstrates the remarkable benefits of daily cocoa flavanols on brain and heart function, including a recent Harvard study showing a 27% reduction in cardiovascular death. But you need to eat five or more ordinary dark chocolate bars every day to match the flavanols consumed in most of these studies. Flava Naturals Performance Dark Chocolate Cocoa Powder and beverages deliver five to nine times the flavanols of typical dark chocolate. Their secret is sourcing premium, high flavanol cocoa beans and processing them naturally. The result is decadent dark chocolate with the flavanol levels needed to fuel brain and cardio performance. I use it every day. For more information and to order, just go to flavanaturals.com. That's flavanaturals.com. Welcome to Intelligent Medicine. I'm your host, Leila Mutin. I'm a registered dietitian nutritionist here in New York, in practice with Dr. Ronald Hoffman, as well as private practice. Uh, if you'd like to make an appointment, call the office and talk to Liz. That number is 212-779-1744. If you'd like to send me, if you'd like to send me questions, or topics of interest that you'd like me to weigh in on this podcast, the email is questions at drhoffman.net. That's questions at drhoffman.net. I got a great question from Leah. Leah writes, hello, I just read your article about low cholesterol. What do you consider good numbers for HDL, LDL, triglycerides, total cholesterol, and acceptable ratios of the above? Kind regards. Leah, thank you for this very, very thoughtful question. And for those of you who don't uh, get the Intelligent Medicine newsletter, you can sign up at drhoffman.com. You can subscribe. It comes out every week, typically on a Wednesday, sometimes on a Thursday. But if you don't wish to subscribe because you're getting so many different things appear in your, in your email, which I know sometimes can be like too much, when will you find time to read it? You can always simply go to drhoffman.com, click on read, and all the articles that are featured in the newsletter are then posted to the website. And we've got pages and pages and pages. And by the way, for those of you who emailed us, uh, there were three or four of you who said that there was a glitch with the website, drhoffman.com, where they couldn't go to a page two or a page three, where they were not able to access previous podcasts or previous articles. It's fixed. The problem is fixed. I thank you very much for bringing it to our attention. Coming back to Leah's question about my article on cholesterol, and let me just briefly read it to you. For those of you who haven't read it, who want to, who want context, 
to this podcast? Of course you do. I weighed in. This article is called The Dangers of Very Low Cholesterol. This was posted October 13. Now, cholesterol is not a foe in and of itself, and here is why. Cholesterol is a necessary substance in our bodies. It's part of all of our cell membranes, the phospholipid membrane. And as much as 80% of cholesterol is produced by the liver, while the other 20% we get from our diet. Where do we get it? We get it from egg yolks, we get it from meat, we get it from butter, we get it from shrimp and smaller amounts of cholesterol and other foods. And by the way, the plant, the plant form of cholesterol, like the cholesterol that you get in your avocado, for example, are called sterols, plant sterols. It's the plant's version of cholesterol. But notice that plant sterols are often used as a supplement <laughs> to help lower cholesterol in humans. Very interesting, very ironic. Anyway, so the 20%, because our livers make 80% of it, 20% is obtained from our diet. Cholesterol, if you didn't know, it's, is classified as a structural antioxidant. An antioxidant, yes, you heard that right. And is a critical component of cell membranes, helping the cells to maintain their proper shape. Cholesterol is necessary for brain function and hormone balance. Indeed, cholesterol... <clears throat> is the substance from which our sex hormones are synthesized. So if cholesterol is very low, so is our DHEA. So is our testosterone and possibly libido. Who, who needs that? And it's not surprising that low libido is a common complaint of individuals put on statin therapy for the primary prevention of coronary artery disease. You know, we have so many patients come into us worried. My doctor wants me on Lipitor because my cholesterol is high. Have you had a heart attack? No. Do you have stents? Have you had any kind of a, 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 a heart event, a cardiac event, a stroke, anything? No. This is what's called primary prevention this drug being given to people to prevent any kind of a cardiac event. Secondary prevention, it means that the statin is prescribed for the person who's already undergone a, a cardiac event, a heart attack, a stroke, right? So for prim primary prevention, you know, this person doesn't have heart disease, right? but they're being given this drug to lower their cholesterol. Well, the human brain is 40 to 60% cholesterol. Did you know that? Memory loss and dementia is a common long-term effect of statin use. This was shown to us in the Framingham Heart Study. A substance called 7-dehydrocholesterol under the skin reacts with the UVB rays from the sun 
to synthesize vitamin D. And that substance begins to diminish after age 60. Therefore, taking vitamin D supplements is appropriate year-round. And for anyone taking vitamin D supplements, it's encouraged for you to also take vitamin K. The vitamin K directs the calcium back to the bones where it belongs and away from the coronary arteries. The D, the calcium, the K, the magnesium, among others, work synergistically in this fashion. Infants need cholesterol for proper brain development. Large amounts are supplied in human milk, which is approximately 55% fat, but that colostrum, which is let down in the first three days, there's lots of it. And as a matter of fact, the mammary gland secretes certain enzymes to ensure absorption of cholesterol by the infant. Now, cholesterol synthesis operates on a negative feedback loop. What does that mean? The more dietary cholesterol that you consume, the less your liver puts out. It's like your liver sees, okay, she's eating enough eggs and meat and butter. There's enough cholesterol here. I don't need to make more. But when on a low-fat, low-cholesterol diet, the liver churns out more cholesterol. Why? Because the body needs it. And here is something to tell you. I want to tell you something else as a point of reference. Those people with anorexia nervosa, those, those who have eating disorders where they restrict their eating, whether, you know, when they are starving, right? This is self-induced starvation. Their cholesterol levels are super sky high. They're in the three and four hundreds. I've seen this myself. Why is their cholesterol so high? Somebody with an eating disorder is completely fat phobic besides being calorie phobic, right? They're not eating any fat. Why is their cholesterol so high? Their livers are churning out all this extra cholesterol in an effort to save their lives. Almost brings a tear to your eye. The liver, your body, is trying to save itself because of self-induced starvation. So think about that. This is how cholesterol operates on a negative feedback loop. All right. So, and by the way, for comparison, what is a positive feedback loop? A positive feedback loop is a pregnant woman going into labor. Oxytocin is released, the hormone oxytocin. And this is a positive feedback loop. It causes the labor to progress. More oxytocin is secreted. That is a positive feedback loop. Just so you have a, an idea of what I'm talking about with a negative feedback loop, which is how cholesterol operates. Now, for those of you who didn't listen to the podcast, I did a four-part podcast. It was a brilliant literature review article which questioned the necessity of statins in the context of a low-carb, high-fat diet, because that's what a true low-carb diet is. It's a high-fat diet. The Framingham Heart Study found that those individuals with desirable cholesterol levels less than a total of 200 
scored lower on verbal fluency, attention, and concentration, and abstract reasoning than those with higher cholesterol levels. Very low cholesterol is associated with dementia, depression, moodiness, aggressive behavior, violence, and decreased learning ability and intelligence. It's also a risk factor for cancer and increased mortality from cancer, infections, and suicide. Remember that cholesterol is a spackle. It's a repair substance to repair damaged arteries. And Meyer Texan, MD, I love this quote, indicting fat and cholesterol for hardening the arteries is like causing white blood cells of, uh, of accusing white blood cells of causing infection rather than helping the immune system to address it. A Dr. James Greenblatt, MD, he's a psychiatrist. He says the cultural dogma, that is that cholesterol is an evil villain that needs to be eradicated for true health. And given the unflagging efforts by the United States medical establishment over the past few decades to lower cholesterol, and the corresponding media saturation of food and drug promotions boasting cholesterol-lowering effects, it's understandable that most consumers are not concerned about having cholesterol levels that are too low. Leah is asking me the question is, what is low enough? What are acceptable levels of HDL, LDL triglycerides? Now, let me talk about triglycerides. Triglycerides we like to see under 100. Mainstream medicine says under 150, you're fine. We beg to differ because tri high triglycerides are an independent risk factor for coronary artery disease. So we like to not only see triglycerides under 100, we like to see them under 80. You know how you get them there? Cut the carbohydrates, the refined carbohydrates, the sugars, not the good carbohydrates in your vegetables, in your beans, your legumes the bad ones, and you're refined, your white bread, your pasta, your white rice, the sugar in your life, cut those, your triglycerides will come down off a cliff. Other things that will lower triglycerides, if you drink regularly and especially heavily, that causes high triglycerides too. Stop that. Your triglycerides will come down. So clinical practices appear to uphold the belief that lower is better regardless of significant evidence to the contrary. Opposing re reports from aggressive cholesterol-lowering methods suggest that for many patients, the potential cardiovascular benefits may come with unforeseen risks to mental health and behavior. Now remember, I'm reading from James Greenblatt, MD, who is a psychiatrist. So, there are dangerous effects on cognition and psychological symptoms from, from taking cholesterol medication. Further research suggests that while statin drugs and other cholesterol-lowering agents have improved mortality rates for cardiovascular disease, total mortality has not experienced similar reductions, reflecting a rise in death by suicide or other consequence of mental disorders. There was a prospective six-year cohort study of approximately 500 
older adults provided startling data that individuals with lower serum total cholesterol had a high risk of dying independent of health or disease status. And as I said earlier, and here's Dr. Greenblatt, cholesterol is a critical component of human biochemistry. Indeed, it is so important. It is regularly synthesized by the liver and other organs throughout the body and is continuously recycled. So, the brain relies heavily on lipids during growth and development and for optimal daily function, drawing on dietary and endogenous sources to fuel its extreme demands for energy. The increased demand for cholesterol during adolescent brain development underlies the greater risk for psychopathology in teens and young adults. And concurrent anatomical and neurotransmitter changes beginning in childhood persist until roughly age 21, a critical time when psychiatric disorders often erupt. So, you know that clinical cholesterol panels measure blood lipid levels comprising triglycerides, low-density lipoprotein, high-density lipoprotein, that's LDL and HDL respectively, and total cholesterol, which we know is a function of all three of those. And normal values, they stretch from a total 125 to 200, and healthy levels do vary by age, gender, race, health status, family medical history. And although recent media reports dismiss the contribution of high dietary cholesterol to serum status, the debate is far from over, and the National Institutes of Health continues to recommend dietary restriction of high cholesterol foods. And despite decades of clinical research and practice, experts still do not agree on optimal levels for LDL, HDL, or total cholesterol. Leah, the experts do not agree on what is optimal. And medical treatment targets vary from lowering LDL, lowering total cholesterol, or raising HDL, leaving the public more confused than ever and creating a general fear of cholesterol. And while consumers attempt to alter serum cholesterol through dietary and other lifestyle changes, data continue to accumulate showing the detrimental physical and psychological outcomes of fat avoidance. Why are we seeing more depression? Why are we seeing more anxiety in recent decades? I'm not just talking about since the pandemic. Why are we seeing this? Could it be the advent of the low-fat diet, low-cholesterol diet, which began in the 70s, 80s? Could it be that? Because when we don't have critical cholesterol and fats, fats are beneficial. We don't create the neurotransmitters, those brain chemicals responsible for our mood, like serotonin, like dopamine, epinephrine, norepinephrine, and the critical amino acids, which are inherent in those fatty foods, like meat, right? So, and like many health paradigms, a reductionist perspective on cholesterol as related only to cardiovascular health has neglected the extensive utility of these important molecules throughout the body. 
So, uh, there's a researcher, David Horobin, an ardent medical researcher who devoted much of his career to the relationship between lipids and mental health, developed a substantial hypothesis for the role of dietary fats in humans. He proposed that rapid advances in human evolution that enabled higher intellect and creativity occurred due to increases in fat storage in humans. Focusing on schizophrenia, Dr. Harbin suggested that the genetic factors influencing the severity of schizophrenia symptoms were the same markers that made us human. Wow. So a significant connection between low cholesterol and poor psychiatric health has been emphasized through decades of observational and retrospective research studies. Correlations with substance abuse, eating disorders, depression, and suicide strongly imply that cholesterol status influences mood and behavior. Inadequate cholesterol levels may represent a shared etiological factor between these conditions and explain the overlapping continuum of this pathology. Low cholesterol reduces the function of serotonin, a neurotransmitter responsible for the regulation of emotion and decision-making. Abnormal brain volumes, neural connectivity, and neurotransmitter function are present in patients with depression and eating disorders. In anorexia nervosa patients, a low cholesterol significantly predicts depression, self-injury, and suicidal ideation. Research also suggests that antidepressant medications may further lower serum cholesterol, counteracting any beneficial mechanisms. A lack of impulse control associated with drug addiction may also be attributed to poor cholesterol status. An assessment of cocaine addicts following hospital discharge revealed that lower cholesterol values predicted relapse at each follow-up, suggesting that recovery requires an adequate supply of dietary lipids. This is why anybody who is undergoing mental health issues need to have their cholesterol corrected. Cholesterol correction needs to happen. I'm going to continue this very important information in part two. I want to thank you for joining me on another edition of Layla Weighs In here on Intelligent Medicine. This is Layla Mutin, RD. I see patients regularly along with Dr. Hoffman. If you require a nutrition consult with me but live out of town, there's no need to travel to New York City. I have telephone consultations with clients from all over the country. Please visit drhoffman.com for more information. And to set up an appointment, call 212-779-1744. That's 212-779-1744. I look forward 
to being a collaborator in your healthcare.